Okay, welcome to the Taz Show. Hello, I am Taz, and uh, thank you for downloading this episode at uh, Radio.com, on the app, or the website, or maybe you downloaded it at Apple Podcasts. That's awesome. Also, thank you for that. Or maybe uh, Stitcher Radio, or maybe uh, Stitcher Podcast, Jones, whatever, Google Podcasts, whatever you did, Spotify. It's much appreciated. Now, a much different open than you're used to hearing, I would gather, on the Taz show here. Uh, and there's a reason for that. You see, the reason for that is this is what they call a first ever, first ever dry edition. That's right. Dry edition of the Taz show. Well, what does that mean? Taz? Well, I'll tell you what that means. It means no open. That means no close. That means no, nothing, no production, just my voice, because a handful of you, and I want to repeat the word, a handful of you cried, bitched, moaned, complained, why is there a music bed underneath you during the task hole the whole time? It was so annoying. Why did that happen? Why did you do that? Why, why, why? <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. You cried, you whined, you bitched, you fucking moaned, and you got your way. You got your way. Because that's what you, that's what you, that's it. That's the entitlement that I have to give you. So this is the first ever dry edition, and that's the best way. That's the best way to describe it, dry edition, because that's what this is, dry, dry. No entertainment value, no nothing, just dry. That's it, dry. That's it, just me. That's the only entertainment, nothing. Zero production, zero. So I'll do a Taz Hall. Uh, by the way, one more thing I got to rant about. The bulk of you, and that's a massive bulk I want to thank you Because you didn't cry, you didn't complain You didn't bitch, you didn't moan You didn't send messages to me on social media Where I personally engage with people Unlike other people who do content That fucking ignore you, okay And that charge you for their content I don't do that, okay I'm an asshole, okay I charge you nothing, and I interact with you And then I give you a fucking way Yeah, sure, I might come out here on a podcast right now and fucking bitch about it. (laughs) But you know what? That's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. And when you get your fucking water break in this episode, guess what? No fucking production there either. This is dry. Dry ass motherfucking Jones. (sighs) It's going to be a Taz Hall. It's loaded. There's a lot to say on it. You people. A lot of good questions. And I'm going to handle them all. Had that fucking new Taz hole open with the special man himself, Bawami, who did a special voiceover. This fucking Bawami. I haven't even met this guy. He's like a ghost. He's a figment of imagination. He did a VO for it. We played it once for you guys. One Taz hole. I was excited. Excited. Oh, we got to, I was talking to Brian about it. Production Jones. Produce a city Oh it's gonna be great This was last week And then all this shit happened Why is there a music under you It's really annoying Fuck And what are you paying That you're bitching Because we try something And because of the people that work Production wise on the show In editing And that work and, and, and produce Hundreds of podcasts For CBS and Ethicom Radio and and, and 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 we try something different And that small fucking tiny little bit of you Whined like little fucking babies I caved I caved instead of the masses that didn't bitch Because I was figuring well you know what If five people cried and fucking whined about it There's a good chance maybe another 20 didn't like it Okay and I got news for you. If you send a message at all on social media that, okay, you know what, Taz, I didn't like it either when you had the music on the beat, you're getting, you know how much reaction you get out of it? Nothing. Zero. Zero. No cell Jones. I'm not even going to see it, to be honest with you, because I have a new setup. That's a whole other story. 
But all I'm saying right now is this is a dry edition. So I'll read the fucking questions one by one by one by one by one by one, and I will answer them with my expertise and perfection, like I always do, and it's dry. I love the Bizangi Open. Why didn't you play that? You know why? Because these other fucking people ruined it for you. That's why. Quite frankly, they might just, this, the whole Taz show might be dry. And by the way, when there's a break in this episode or any future dry Taz shows, when there's a break, oh, you'll hear some production shit that has nothing to do with my team or me. So that's excluded from my dryness, crassy fucking ass dry rub Jones that I'm trying to give you. I don't want to give you nothing but my voice. I don't want to give you that. How about that? So fucking so aggravated <sighs> Got me cursing out here Dropping F-bombs now Alright Well Anyway The other thing uh, Got the uh, special coming up Right after Wrestlemania 11pm Eastern CBS Sports Radio Sirius XM Channel 206 Uh Radio.com, I believe, is streaming it also. There's a plethora of uh, broadcast radio stations carrying it, like 670 The Score in Chicago. Um, The big station in Detroit. Uh, The Ticket, that's what it's called. Obviously, WFAN, the mothership in the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Or you could stream WFAM, too, on Radio.com. The other thing too, and there's a bunch of other stations. They're, they're all over Dallas, Houston, and uh, the sports radio, Houston, six ten sports gimmick Schnabitz. Let's go to cbssportsradio.com. You can find um, all the affiliates there that carries the show. The other thing too with that, uh, with the special, Mike Johnson will be on as a guest from PW Insider. I don't consider Mike a guest. Mike is a friend of the show and part of the content. Love Mike. Mike will be at WrestleMania, so uh, we'll talk to Mike live on the radio, as you guys can hear it afterwards. And of course, live phones, the phone will be tweeted out, phone number. It's I'm ninety nine percent sure it's the same number we use on Taz and the Moose for CBS Sports Radio. I can't remember the phone number. We only give it every fucking day, and I can't remember it. So I'm in a different studio. And the other thing is the... Um, the phone lines, like I said, will be live for three hours, the whole show. The show will podcast the next day, early morning Jones. I'm not sure if it's going to be 5 a.m. Eastern or 7 a.m. Eastern, somewhere around there. Uh, it's going to drop early. So uh, it's going to be probably once they take all the commercial breaks out and sports updates, it's probably going to be a two-hour podcast, the WrestleMania React Jones. <laughs> so uh, it's going to be fucking epic. All right, <clears throat> excuse me. And then the other thing is uh, on the special. Yeah, a lot of you people that are a little confused and new to my content, like, well, why uh, are you doing a WrestleMania is going to go like the midnight guy? You know, you're on here at 11 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, yes, yes, I've, I've, I've done this, lived this movie more than once. What happens when we do this? You are correct, sirs and ma'ams. Uh, the show, WrestleMania, will still be going on probably up until midnight, if not past midnight. It don't matter. I go live live, 11 p.m. Eastern, and I will be watching probably the main event or semi-main event while I'm broadcasting on the radio and talk about stuff I've seen earlier in the show and get into what I'm watching as it's happening. It won't be really color commentary or play-by-play, but I'll be talking about it as you're watching. So instead of Listening to the announcers, maybe you get to a point where you've heard the announcers for the past 10 hours on WrestleMania And not that they don't do a great job, because they all do And then maybe you want to hear a different narrative while the show's happening the, Especially the last match or whatever So, Or you could just turn me on once the, uh, once the uh, what do you call it, the WrestleMania ends If you'd rather just listen to the, the broadcasters, which is probably what a lot of people do, I would assume Or some of you people can fucking multitask You can watch the damn show and say, fuck it, I want to call Taz And I want to listen to his show While I got the, the fucking wrestling show on Some of you people might just be whacked out of your mind I have no idea Quite frankly, I don't give a shit All I know is this shit is dry, dry, dry right now 
Yep, dry. So that's the deal on that. Oh, what else we got? Oh, okay. Cotter, 3612. Do you feel the art of suplexing is gone? By the way, this is the beginning now of Taz Hall. Do you feel the art of suplexing is gone? No. I don't think the art of suplex is gone. I think it's oversaturated, but I don't think it's gone. Um, but for those that know how to properly execute, uh, you know, the proper form of doing a suplex the right way, um, no matter if it's a back throw or a throw from the side or a lift throw from the crotch, no matter what type of throw it is, um, a lifting type throw from the crotch would be uh, with some of uh, some folks. Well, back in my during my prime, T bone Taz plex would be a high crotch type of T bone type throw. It's a cross throw. I guess some versions people do of the exploder is the same thing as a crotch type show. But regardless, um, uh, yeah, no, I don't think the art of suplexing is gone. I just think it's oversaturated. I also think that, um, you know, it's. I think the art. I think the art of German suplexing is really gone. I mean, like there, there's. Most people that do German suplexes, you don't really see a legitimate back arch or hips popping or guys really getting getting their, their core of their body into the throw. Um, you don't see it. The announcers, most of them, to be honest, don't really understand how to break down the throw, the verbalizing of the throw uh, to, to educate uh, the audience members. I took pride in doing all that. I actually miss doing that as a commentator. Um, I do think a lot of fans uh, enjoyed that part of my commentary for sure So, uh, but no, I don't feel The art is gone of suplexing Good question, Carter 3612 I do think that it's, <clears throat> excuse me, oversaturated uh, Danny Tazo uh, Danny T-O-Z-Z-O uh, Good moment, Taz, uh, good moment, DT uh, uh, When you were still In your training days, how did your schedule Slash balance Training while also working and spending time With your loved ones Hashtag running the game Hashtag buy a hat and shirt Well, all set Normally on that last hashtag Excuse me, you people would hear a ding No Now you get nothing Nothing So yeah, during my uh, training days, Danny During my prime It was hard, it was hard to be on the road Uh, It was hard to be on the road and train And eat properly, training wasn't super hard On the road, that eating properly was hard to do Eating clean because you're on the road and then when you get done working It's late at night and there's really not a lot of good Spots to get food Now it is a lot of the wrestlers have their set up With these um, food companies That have prepared meals for you That are portion controlled and have a great Balance of protein, carbs, fats And sodiums I actually uh, I actually uh, Do business so I haven't really well, It's hard to say business I get meals from a company Without naming names so and I'm not on the road anymore And I wish that I w- when I was wrestling I had something like this But I know a lot of the talent have things like this Where they have meals that they can take on the road with them with a cooler And stuff like that So you could eat clean after a show and stuff like that That was that was the hardest part, Danny, while I was on the road Now when I got home It was pretty easy to eat clean But it was tough to go to the gym and train Because you're only home for a couple of days And you do want to spend time with your loved ones And you do need a break to avoid burnout But you gotta, you gotta keep your swell up, man. You gotta keep training. So, I would try to go to the gym in the morning when I was home for the couple of days, just to get it out of the way. My wife was always understanding, and then <clears throat> get to st- spend the rest of the day, you know, two days that I was home, you know, chilling with my family, uh, and then for the most part, then you're back on the road. So it was tough. It was tough, and ECW was a little bit easier because there was less time on the road. Um, you know, you were working a few days. You weren't working like four days a week. You were working less. But I was, and I also for a good chunk of my prime at ECW, I was running the House of Hardcore, the original House of Hardcore, House of Hardcore, the ECW wrestling uh, school, the dojo. And I, you know, we had a refrigerator in there, and we could eat clean. And the gym that I trained, me and actually me and Perry Saturn's training. Uh, it was a Gold's Gym, which was right near um, right near the dojo. So it was great. We used to go to the gym. A lot of times we trained together, most of the times, but if we could. And we'd go to the gym before the session starts. We usually, usually would hit the gym when we were home from the road uh, near the dojo at, um, at like, I don't know, 10 a.m. You know, so it wasn't that early. You know, it wasn't like 8 a.m. It was like 10 a.m. And then uh, bang it out, and by noonish, you're you're in a dojo, you know, and and then you know getting doing business there in a dojo, and then 
you know, students start coming in and you start doing your stuff. So it was easier to stay in shape, especially during the time of the dojo, because I didn't have to worry about doing cardio too much at the gym uh, because I would get my cardio in on a mat wrestling, you know, and training. So that's the best cardio for any wrestlers out there. Not not running, not not a treadmill, not an elliptical wrestling is the best cardio for wrestlers, in my opinion. You got to do cardio, too, to keep your fat down, stay lean. But the real for your heart rate and, you know, your cardio and, you know, so you don't get exhausted during a match. I mean, I strongly believe, like what I just told you, is an important thing. Uh, the cardio, I'm sorry, the in-ring uh, uh, competing or training, I should say. Uh, so uh, that's the deal. The underscore physical underscore product underscore UK. <laughs> Simple. How did Cypress Hill get involved with your entrance team? <clears throat> did you request them yourself? Yeah, I talked about this a while ago, but yes, I did. I was a big fan of their music, and I um, definitely was a fan of uh, a song, a rock superstar that they did. And then they had rap superstar, too. And then, you know, so Be Real, lead singer, my man, and Send Dog, they came up with uh, a Thug Superstar. And, and it, we, we just, because I was doing the Thug gimmick. And, you know, and the rest is history. If you go back and listen to it, it's badass. I'd love to play it for you right now, motherfuckers. But guess what? I can't. You know why? Because this is a dry edition. So there's nothing. There's nothing. Boring Dad Derek, will you have any ROH, comma, NJPW, comma, or WWE talent on Taz show? I'm sorry, Taz and the Moose to promote the weekend. No, no, and no, uh, no, no, uh, kind of no. We had RVD in studio uh, promoting his documentary, which I highly suggest, by the way. Uh, Headstrong was awesome. I really enjoyed watching Headstrong. Uh, it was kind of scary and weird because I know Rob, and we've worked in the same companies forever, and have had wrestled them a whole bunch over the years, and you know, and we even talked about it on Taz and Moose when, he, when Rob was in studio this week with us. Like, I, there's a good chance that a couple of his concussions I gave him and a couple of mine he probably gave me. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, it was weird. And watching Headstrong was weird. because, But but really, Headstrong was really, really good. I really suggest you guys uh, go on to iTunes and, and download it and uh, and watch it. It's not expensive to purchase either. Um, it's great. If you're a fan of Van Damme or just a fan of pro wrestling, you'll enjoy it. It's real-life stuff. It's a documentary farm around. You'll rob that does great stuff with stand-up comedy for several years. He's got a passion for it. He does a good job. And it shows him documenting him on the road and then also stuff he's dealing with as they're recording where he ends up that he has a concussion and and his trials and tribulations with that. I don't want to give too much away, but check it out. It's real good. Um, so Rob was in. Uh, JR was on, uh, came in, uh, was on a phoner with us uh, promoting one of uh, his uh, one-man shows he's doing in New York City. And uh, talking uh, some Oklahoma football with us because we were talking a lot about Kyle Murray, the quarterback coming out of Oklahoma, uh, going to be the number one draft pick in the NFL. So we're talking a lot about Kyle Murray. On, again, it's a sports show. And um, yeah, as far as now, I'm recording this right now on a Thursday. So as far as right now, yeah, I don't know if anybody's coming in tomorrow, but no, as far as the ROH guys, no, zero. No, we're good. Uh, as far as New Japan guys, nope, zero. We're good. WWE people, nah, uh, you never know. You never know who pops in tomorrow if you listen to this on Thursday. If it is tomorrow, like Friday, then you know who popped in, if anyone did pop in. Might not be anybody. Let's leave it at that. Chan Man, that's my man, okay? Hey, Taz, with there being so many matches at WrestleMania, how would you map out the show so the fans don't get burned out on a long show? Thanks, Taz. You are the man. We love you. Hashtag free consulting Jones ding Chan I'd love to give you a legitimate ding But we can't do that Production team's sitting here With their asses in their hands With nothing to do Just looking at me Brian's just sitting there looking at me Holding his buttocks Yes that's what he's doing It's kind of weird but I'll move on um, What would I do well, how would I book it Oh gee man dude it's hard Because you do have a lot of matches uh, but Chan, don't you think? And I know you know this. I assume you know this, even though it's going to be a long ass show and it's a you know just a loaded, loaded show. <clears throat> the fans, all you folks listening, including me, <clears throat> we know we're going to be in a long journey now. This thing, we know it's going to be a long show. It always is. So you know you're going to get that much. So how do you avoid the the burnout? You're right. It's the booking of it 
the layout of it is hard to sit here recording a pod, looking at all of the stuff that's going to be on the show. It'd be very hard to do that, you know, but what I would always do is work from the main event backwards. So obviously you got your main event, which is the apropos main event of Rousey, Flair, Lynch, uh, winner take all Jones, right? So we got that going. Um, and I would go as far as the next one, as far as what you feel as a promotion of order of importance, where I would go probably with the Universal Championship match after Rousey, uh, uh, Becky, and Flair. I would go Universal title match, Lesnar Rollins. Then I would go uh, WWE Championship match with Kofi and Daniel Bryan. Um, then I would probably go Triple H Patissa because you got guys that are Big time stars that are, you know, on the older end of the deal in that big no holes bar match they're going to do. I would probably go from there with Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. Then I'd probably go Shane uh, versus Miz in that false count anywhere. Um, then I'd probably go AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. I would do the women's four way tag team match after that. Uh, I think you got to then do the US title match for sure after that. Now, again, I'm working backwards, guys. I'm not going. I went from the last match down with Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio and that thing there. And I think it's pretty safe to say they're going to do something with Rey Mysterio somewhere. I feel like Joe's going to bully him or do something physical, right? Because <laughs> they planted the seed. And God, I can't believe how kid how big that kid got. I remember when he was a little kid and I saw him with Rey on TV. I'm like, gee whiz, that kid got huge. Man, he, I, I know when he was a little little guy, you know, so it's crazy, right? Um, I go into Continental Title match uh, with uh, uh, the Demon Finn Balor, which is going to get a massive pop against Lashley. I probably go SmackDown Tag Team Titles. Then um, I would probably go Angle Corbin and Kurt's farewell match. Uh, yeah, I'm, to tell you the truth, I know they got like so much going on in the pre-show. I'm not even sure which match on the pre-show. I'm not sure, but that's the. I think I gave you a bulk of it here. Uh, Free booking Jones over here. Thanks, Chan, for setting me up. Good job, buddy. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, what else we got? Uh, the underscore uh, C word. Who is the strongest person you ever wrestled? Huh. Well, I would you know, wrestle a lot of powerful guys for sure. And and believe it or not, there are some guys that are actually super, super strong and don't look super strong. Like, you would expect someone that's built like Batista in his prime to be, like, super strong, which I, I, I would assume, assume he is. I know Brock Lesnar is insanely ultra strong. He looks strong, and he really is. Um, <laughs> but there are some guys that look super strong that are just medium strong. Then there are guys that look like they're in great shape with a lot of muscle um, that are really, really strong. And the aforementioned Rob Van Dan is one, Rob Van Van Dan. Take two, Rob Van Dam. Hello, RVD. The whole fucking show. He's one of the stronger guys that I was in the ring with. Rob is Rob, and I've always said this: the, the, the really uh, super strong in the ring, especially with his lower bow, lower body power, explosiveness. Uh, if you look at Rob in his prime, he's still in great shape, by the way. God, because unbelievable. But like in his prime, prime, his glutes, his quads, his hamstrings, the power, his calves, always fucking huge, dude. Super, super strong, super, super strong guy. Like more than folks realize. I mean, the power in the guy, his core power because of his flexibility, his strength was really impressive. Um, the late, uh, great Dr. Death Steve Williams I wrestled was insanely strong and insanely strong. And the late, great Bam Bam Bigelow, another guy who was super, super powerful. Um, off the top of my head, I mean, you know, uh, th- those are probably th- the three guys I would think of as far as who was the stronger or strongest or whatever you want to say. Uh, la, 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 Holly AFC. Did you think McGregor, do you think McGregor will end up in WWE in light of his retirement announcement? How would you suggest they utilize him if he does? Well, the odd thing is um, he got into a... Uh, uh, a verb. I'm sorry. A, a Twitter war. Uh, I think it was either Wednesday or Tuesday of this week. Khabib, and it was bad and heavy, and he got it, it got really bad. At, I don't know if, how much does it work as far as UFC. They got involved and they told these guys to chill. And I think there was some kind of a quasi apology or something from Conor McGregor afterwards. And I believe that what he said was something. And I, I don't know the exact um, 
the exact uh, tweet that he put out, but I believe there was something along the lines of, um, you know, where it was a deal where he basically said he ended the the, th- the thing with like C in the octagon, like in the summer or July, whatever he said. Like, I don't understand. Like, <laughs> and when the retirement thing happened, when he said he retired, it was like out of the clear blue. He was on Jimmy Fallon doing a bit in the ball with him. Which was entertaining. I actually watched it. It was like Conor McGregor with Jimmy Fallon in this bar in New York City, an Irish pub, and it was great. And and it was like Conor McGregor, like with his hair down, meaning you know he was entertaining, he was funny, he seemed like a nice guy. He was having a few drinks with him too. They were doing this gimmick, but he, but he was entertaining. And and him and Fallon play off each other great. Um, but anyway, and then he retired. Like for those that don't know, like right after that, like you know, like that night. It was really, really strange. You know what I mean? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I <laughs> and now for him to put out a tweet where it basically says, you know, um, see in the octagon. Now, for those that follow, I don't follow him. I mean, you, you'll find it or you'll see it or you know what I'm talking about. There was something out there. So my point in saying this in long-winded form, I don't, I don't know if this guy's retired or not. I mean, it's kind of. It gets to the point where it's, oh, yeah, okay, here it is. I got it. Conor McGregor, okay, on his Twitter, this was, um, he said, I want to move forward with my fans of all faiths and background. All faiths challenge us to be our best selves. It is one world and one for all with a heart emoji. Now, see you in the octagon. Ding. This is a dry edition, so that ding is just me going ding. Now, he said, see you in the octagon. So, uh, you know, Holly AFC, what am I supposed to say? He's not going to be in WWE. <laughs> it's not happening. I don't even know if he's in UFC. I don't know what this guy's doing. He's retired. He's not retired. How would I utilize him? You got to be, if he was, muscular guy, really good shape, just not a big guy. You know, it's really, it'd be really tough to have him. You know, interact with the, the full-time guys there You know, I know not everybody's six five, you know, 290 anymore But in WWE, but there's, you know, most of the cats are real big Like really, really big And, um, you know, I I, I thought of, you know, Maybe they could have went around something with um, Where they did something because he's friends with, uh, with Ronda Rousey They could do something there Where with Becky Lynch, because of Ireland where Becky, I'm sorry, Rhonda feels like Connor comes in to help in some way, shape, or form somewhere, but he ends up swerving Be- uh, uh, um, uh, Rhonda, and he goes with a girl from his country in Becky Lynch from Ireland, and you do something there, and then you have a big match uh, down the road here, a tag match with uh, you know Becky Lynch and her husband um, against. Uh, the two folks smiling in the great Becky Lynch, the man, and uh, Conor McGregor. And you can do something like that. The whole problem with that type match out of four people, you have one experienced, legitimate professional wrestler in that thing. So you, that'd be a lot for Becky because there's not a lot of experience there. But, you know, with the magic of WWE, I'm sure they could pull something off and figure it out. But that's something they could do. Just off the top of my head here, Holly, AFC type deal. So here we go. Bing, 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 boom, 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 doom, doom, doom. Long dong silver. That would deserve a ding. If you are an Instagram holder like this gentleman, I'm assuming it's a gentleman, and his name is Long Dong Silva, there's a ding involved at the end of that. Ding. Okay? That's a name that deserves a ding. Can you talk about the creation of the Taz mission? Yeah, sure. All right, next. Is it? Okay. Yeah, no, I can. Um, sure, the Taz mission uh, is the Katahajime, which is a, uh, it's a, a judo choke, as most of you know and learned from all my years in ECW that followed my career and Joey Styles educating folks. And me and Joey spent a lot of time years ago, me sitting down with Joe saying, This is this, this is this. this and he did his homework. Joe was a true pro and learned all the different throws and different takedowns and judo stuff I was teaching him, telling him and wording and showing him physically so he would understand. Like, and that's how Joey was. Uh, True pro, just to see it, feel it, you know, and like, and that's what made him so great, underratedly great play by play man. So, uh, okay, so it's it's basically it's a it's a half Nelson choke, uh, like, and and it, it getting the legs in. Uh, I felt um, 
the main reason why uh, the main reason why I, I came up with this finish because I wanted a finish I could do on anybody, no matter how big or small the guy was. I wanted a finish I could do on anybody, and not a lot of folks. I don't even were using chokes, you know, legal chokes to choke people out or get people to tap out. There was really no tapping out for the most part. Um, I mean, Ken Shamrock had the ankle lock, but I, I don't know. I think I was having people tap out before Ken. Maybe he was. Maybe it was around the same time. Whatever was splitting hairs. I respect Ken, so no biggie. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how it was created. I, once I became the human suplex machine and got out of the Tasmaniac gimmick, I wanted to use stuff from, you know, like my judo background and use stuff, use, uh, different throws and takedowns and joint locks and stuff and, and a choke. So, um, while I was out with the injured neck, I put a lot of thought in things and things and stuff and did my homework. So that's how a lot of that happened. So, um. Yeah, so that I wanted I wanted to use the Kata Hajime because it was visual because of the half Nelson, uh, and I thought wrestling announcers and wrestlers and wrestling fans could relate to utilizing a half Nelson because of it's um, a hold use obviously on a regular basis in collegiate or amateur wrestling and a lot of pro wrestling when you're a trained proper pro wrestler and you someone takes a bump for you and they're belly down of some sorts, um, you know. You usually want to get get him to his back You shoot a half And that expression is played out And a lot of wrestling fans hear, heard it over the years Shoots the half and they don't even know what it means Some people don't know what it means When you hear an announcer You don't hear that much anymore Say he shoots the half That means he shot a half Nelson So he to turn his opponent to his back He shot a half Nelson He applied a half Nelson Because that's the best way to turn Because you're controlling your opponent's head And when you control your opponent's head You control his body so someone's belly down You could try it on a friend Just don't hurt each other But someone's belly down You put a half Nelson And you turn them gently to their back Don't have the guy fight back Because he could hurt your neck And you see And it's just it, it, how it could just turn someone's To their back real quick And you don't do it fast You don't have to do it fast As you learn how to do it But that's the, the proper way To get someone to their backs A half Nelson So my point is A half Nelson is part of a wrestling hold It's part of wrestling holds It's a common hold For a lot of decades And decades and decades So I wanted to incorporate that in Into a finish I like the, And that's when I felt like Well the Kata Hajime and is perfect because of the half. Uh, and then uh, the, your cross face type choke with it. Get the legs in. There's there's your Taz mission. So that, that's it. And the name Taz mission just fit. That's instead of a submission, it's a Taz mission. And then that's how it all started. So good question. Um, is that Napoleon? Okay. What match did you like participating in? Tag, single, rumble, etc. No, 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 no. Single, that's it. Spotlight on me. Thanks for coming. See you down the road. Uh, honestly, I didn't I didn't care about tag matches. Royal Rumbles, no thanks. I don't have a great history in those anyway, and nor do I care. Um, no, one on one, Jones, boom, boom, boom. That's it. That's that to me, that's the way you do it. Um, that's that on that. So good question, but there you have it. Uh, what else we got? Robert is the reason. Uh hey Taz, first time, long time. That'd be a ding. Okay, there's no ding. What belt should be brought back into WWE? I'll hang up and listen. Funny guy. Uh, hang up and listen. That's an old, not an old, that's a current and old. When people call radio shows without that, don't call sports radio. They ask a question, and instead of getting hung up on, they say, I'll hang up and listen to your answer, and they hang up on you to have control. It's a fucking ego thing by listeners. Anyway, um, <laughs> Uh, no belts. That's what belts should come back. Uh, Robert uh, is the reason. No belts. Uh, none. No, there's enough belts. We went over belts last uh, podcast and champions. I think it's plenty right now. If anyone's taking a hardcore belt, should come back. No, leave it alone. It shouldn't. It, it wasn't that great from the begin with, as I told you guys, in my opinion. So no, I don't. I don't think you need any other belts. Uh, sorry, I, maybe you don't like that answer. That's fine. Mike underscore the matrock. I think I got that wrong Taz, I feel like Alexa Bliss will insert herself into the main event As host and steal the titles Do you think that could happen? Uh, no, I, I hear your thought process I really doubt that, Mike I don't think that's going to happen I think this main event they have Has been built, pushed the right way There's been a lot of money and time going into this thing um, 
you know, the big angle they did uh, at the end of Raw with the, you know, with all the different uh, cops and this and that with Charlotte and Becky and, and Rhonda and busting up police cars and all this stuff. Put a lot of money to the thing. Um, I, I don't think that they would have Alexa Bliss do that. Right now, you know, Becky Lynch is just a massive star. And I hope she just continues to be a massive star. And you gotta, you just gotta, you know. And I think uh, the WWE is more than smart enough to realize you gotta just, you gotta roll with that because that she is the man, you know. So, yeah, I, I don't think they're gonna do do that. I don't, I don't think that would work. I really don't. It'd be a swerve, and people would be shocked. But um, for a shocking moment, I don't think that it's. You know, I think that's good, but I don't think they'll do that. So. What else we got here? We got uh, Mets fan 61493. Okay. How do you feel? How did you feel to get your first action figure and to see yourself in a video game? It was awesome, actually. Both of those moments. My first action figure was an ECW, and it was pretty cool. And, um, yeah, no, I, I, it was awesome. Awesome. I mean, as cool as you think it would be, I got to be honest. Uh and I've had several, you know, in WWE, I've had a, a good a good amount of them they made of me. So as a wrestler, as an announcer, uh, all the stuff. And I, no, I, I, it's as cool as you would think, like I just said. The video gimmick, video game gimmick, that's even fucking cooler. Uh, so <laughs> I'm not a big gamer, but, you know, it's cool. I've seen enough of it. I know how it's done, the process, and not nah, all that shit's cool. I mean, it's very flattering. Um and then it goes away, and it's fine. You know, once it happens, though, it's like once they start making a couple of action figures on, and then it gets to the point where it's like, all right, that's cool. And then you're at like five, six action figures, like, all right, well, I'm good. You know, <laughs> uh, Eddie, uh, Eddie SCSA. That's Eddie Stone Cold Steve Austin. Got it. Uh, where are we? Have you ever had any fan interactions that affected you emotionally? Hmm. You know, I, I wouldn't. Not that I can recall like over the top emotionally, but I will say that, you know, over my years meeting fans that, you know, a lot of fans, you guys might be some of them that listen to us in such um, awe when they meet wrestlers at times at a hotel or an airport. And a lot of times we travel as two or three people in the clip, you know, as far as partners. So you would see it. I mean, you would see how some people react to you or somebody else. And how to and at, at times it would just I would sit there and like as, as I as I got older especially and I would be like I marvel at this like wow it's like if someone I hate to use the word mark out but if I, I mean that not in a mean way but if someone marks out that much for you it's happened to me I humbly say um, it's very flattering and it's it's weird because it's like wow I mean. I'm just a regular guy, you know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm just a regular person. I grew up like a regular blue collar kid, you know what I mean? Like, and I, you know, I just, it, it's just, it's weird. Like, but in a nice way, like very flattering, um, you know, so yeah, it, 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 it's, so I, I don't know if that answers you completely, Eddie, but I, I've had, I've pondered when I've, when people would, be like really mock out like wow you know i'd be like man that's it's really strange but very flattering and it's it's weird so that i guess yeah it, it, it did affect me you know um man we're way past the break time oh well as usual just keep talking taz or oh, oh, those two or three people that didn't like the music under you they'll get fucking mad you gotta just keep talking okay i'll just keep talking okay no problem and by the way uh some of you guys had some really good questions but you sent them like as a paragraph and that's, that's not going to work. They put it out there, you know, keep it to like two sentences. Guys, you got to tighten it up. Otherwise they're just not going to make it through. You want to make it through the rain. That's an old Tash show expression. You got to, you got to follow direction. You can't just fucking send the Magna Carta. That'd be a good time for a boom, boom. That didn't happen either. Dry ass motherfucking Jones. Ex bulldog B. Do you feel Title needs to come off Brock. I think if Seth wins, he do a feud with Drew. I don't think the title should come off Brock. So the second party question, Bulldog, I can't really get into. I'm just I don't I don't I don't think I don't think they should take it off Brock right now. I know a lot of you that, that might piss a lot of you guys off. I just don't and I love Seth Seth Rollins' work. He's great, but I just don't I don't know if you know 
I think you're at a point now, Brock, you can just keep it on him just a little bit longer here. I don't know if Seth's the, I, 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 I don't, and it's no knock on Seth. I, you guys, I've been putting that guy over for years out here, you know, so my gut tells me at this show, I don't think that Seth should win. I'm, I'm probably wrong. I don't know. Who knows? But just my opinion. Um, I do think that sooner rather than later, they're going to work their way to get that title on McIntyre. That part I get, so maybe that's where you're going. Where you think, well, you get it on Seth, and you use Seth as a vehicle to get it on Drew. Um, that that could work, but you know, Drew McIntyre is—he's got all the intangibles to be a, a world champion. He's a, he looks the part. He's big as hell. He's he can talk his ass off. He can work really, really, really well. You know, he's 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 got everything they they like there. So that could definitely work. Um, <sighs> Creaky, uh, hey Taz. One musical slash celebrity appearance you'd book at Mania. Okay, the celebrity appearance I really don't give a shit about. I don't think anybody. Unless it's The Rock, he's a legitimate celebrity. He's the biggest celebrity there is. And besides being a legitimate, bona fide, uh, you know, world champion pro wrestler, you know, a third generation respected wrestler, alone being a massive superstar actor, you know, I, I don't think any other celebrity besides The Rock. As far as the music lack, uh, just give me Limp Biscuit. You know, like old school Seattle WrestleMania. I just love Limp Biscuit. So, you know, I know nineteen ninety fucking six called test. They want their band back. I got it. All right. So, uh, what else we got here? And then I'll do some Facebook gimmick on the other side of the Schnabel's Fernum. Uh, a little bit here on the Facebook uh, fucking gimmick uh, Tass Hall. That'll be dry too after the break. Which current talent on uh, the? Oh, jeez, this is R R M. On Misery 31 I think I got it right Which current talent On any of the WWE brands Do you think is the most athletic And which talent do you think is best On the mic Well the most athletic uh, for sure is Ricochet right now I would think just again Not looking at their roster Off the top of my head um, When I think of Athletic right now in WWE It's kind of hard not to um, You know think of him you know, so I, I, you know, it's just he's, uh, it's unbelievable. Like what he does, it's unbelievable. Like it really is. He's so smooth that it, it you, you, you just get used to it. And you don't think about like what this guy just did. Uh, you know, it, it's he's just, uh, you know, it's tremendous. His athleticism is bar none, bar bar none. Really, seriously, craziness. Um, Mike skills Well you got a lot of talented Mike skilled people there Men and women um, Man I'm Trying to think here Who would be best Mike skills Well <sighs> uh, New day as a whole They're, they're all really good talkers they, they, they bring the wood They know what they're doing um, so I think you, you got to throw them in as a whole. Samoa Joe's doing great promo work, in my opinion. Uh, right now, I'd throw Joe in there as, a, as an underratedly great talker, uh, besides his work, but but his talking ability, uh, for sure. Um, I mentioned McIntyre's real good talker right now. Uh, Brian's a, Daniel Bryan's great, real good communicator. Like the way he he doesn't it doesn't feel forced and worked. Um. You know, so I throw him in there too. Uh, on the NXT side, I you know I need an NXT, but I'm just saying I think Velveteen Dreams tremendous on a stick, tremendous Mike guy, tremendous really. Um, so I give you a little bit of a list of uh, the gimmick, gimmick, flip, flip, gimmick. Um, so anyway, oh, let me uh, take a water break. Yeah, that was fun, right? Entertaining. That was entertaining. Hmm. Uh. Anyway, I'm going to have a little more water. Hang on. (coughs) Excuse me. Yeah, I'm Yuzu Jones. Oh, watch that. Almost dropped my gimmick. That was scary. Um, What else we got? I'm just barreling along here. This machine doesn't matter. 
I mean, all right, yeah, next one on the Instagram, IG, Taz Talk, T-A-Z-T-L, okay, that's, that's me, but I'm not doing, you know, I didn't send my own self a question, but um, this guy had a good question, I'm not reading it, because they sent it, and I don't know how you made it through the rain, it's just too fucking long, you got, you can't send it long, you gotta read the request, you, you, people can't just run around and we have fucking anarchy here. You people just run the show. I don't want music. I want this. I don't want that. Don't do that. Doing it. I'm sending you ten questions. You can't, you can't. Fucking please take direction. <sighs> Mister Freeney, seventy eight. If you could commentate one match of this year's WrestleMania card, which one would you want to call? Okay, I like that question. But that's a good question. Well, there's a lot of matches, and I think a lot of them are going to be pretty, pretty good. Um, not to be a, a douche, but I think I'd go right to the top. I would be intrigued to call this this Becky Lynch win take all match with Charlotte and Ronda Rousey, SmackDown Women's Champ Charlotte and Raw Women's Champ Ronda Rousey. I'd like to call that match for sure. Um, I also would like to tr- uh, call uh, Triple H and Batista because I've called both of these men's matches individually before, you know. So I definitely like to call that. That'd be a match I'd like to call, and I do think AJ and Randy Orton's going to be excellent. I'd like to call that match also. I mean, there's a lot of matches. Joe and Mysterio, I think, would be a fun match to call too. Knowing those guys as friends, and you know, I think that would be cool. So yeah, it's tough to answer with one. Striv Griv, I might have made that up. One o. Too far. Could China have competed with Charlotte, Ronda, and Becky? Yes. She'd be great in that as a four way match. God rest her soul, the great China. Yeah, she would have because it's a great thought right there, too, on this guy's part because she would bring that power, strong athletic element to it that, that you know, that Amazon type power that, she, that, and that physique she had. You know, yeah, I think that would have been cool. That would have been cool. She definitely. Definitely, without a doubt, <clears throat> would have uh, been able to, you know, do that. Uh, so, uh, all right, yeah. So, uh, what else we got? Oh, Willie Chuck Jr. Would it be a greater honor? What would be a greater honor for you to go into the WWE Hall of Fame or Hall of Fame in Waterloo, Iowa? Good to hear from you, Willie Chuck Jr. I remember you. Um, what else we got? Looking through the list. Oh, well, I guess we got to go into uh, Facebook here. We got to take a break. Uh, Taz show. Uh, welcome to a dry edition. Uh, we'll stay dry on the other end. Hang on, bitches. Well, we are back here on the Taz show, uh, a dry edition, and um, I hope uh, you guys are enjoying this. Um, so now when we get to the Taz Hall questions, um. From Facebook, and that's facebook.com slash the Taz Show. And I will handle that now. Okay, three, two, one. So I will get into some of these. Okay, take two. Three, two, one. See that? Raw Jones. Okay. Uh, Where were we? Oh, yeah. Here we go. Okay. Mikey Ledford. What former producer from the old daily live show would you have would you think have the best shot to win uh the uh Andre the Giant Battle Royal? Hashtag running the game, which is RTG. Um well Mikey, I don't know. I would say probably Seth. You know, there's been a lot of really good producers on the Taz show. Uh Seth crying Brian, the captain. Um, Lumberjack I would probably say We had Big Robbie He's a massive man um, I would say Seth He's just because he's sneaky And he could sneak around the Battle Royal And be sneaky Like being sneaky around the Battle Royal Would work for him That's his gimmick You know Sneaky KFJ Uses Kung Fu And stuff like that You know what I'm saying I do think that would work um, What else we got Again as we're back on the Facebook here So we have uh, hold on, I lost. We lost our train here. What do we got? We got the gimmick. Okay, here we go. Barrett Lewis the second. Good moment. All caps. Good moment, Taz. What match do you think people are sleeping on this weekend? Uh, means for WrestleMania. 
um, that can turn out to be the best one on its respective card. Oh, do you want me to go through all the cards? I'm not going through all the cards. I would say, as far as on WrestleMania, um, the match I think that could really, um, I think, potentially, it's going to be tough to steal the show, but because there's so many matches, that could be up there as a, as a Donnie Brook, a real, real good one. I, I think would be a tie for me between AJ and Orton and Joe and Mysterio. That's that's what I think on that. Okay, what else we got here? Uh, la, 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 Cody Fontanat. Do you think the XFL will survive longer than a year, unlike the previous version? Or will it fail like the original XFL did or like the new Alliance for American Football just did? Well, the AAF did fail in more or less towards three quarters into their season. They were getting ready to go into the championship for the most part. And it folded. You know, I, I think the XFL will last a lot longer, the new XFL. A couple of reasons. I think the new XFL will last longer. One, because Vince McMahon is going to be driven and hell-bent to have this thing succeed, unlike the first time years and years ago. That's number one. Number two, I think that Vince, uh, I would like to say he probably learned some stuff watching the recent failures of AAF. But quite frankly, what the stuff that was not wrong with AAF was the football. The football part of, of, of AAF was good. It was good football. Quarterback play was weak. Offensive line play was weak. But as for a whole, the tackling, the hitting, the presentation, the changing of rules was fun. The coaching was legit. They had legit coaches. The original XFL did not have good coaches. I do think the XFL, the new XFL in 2020, Vince is hell-bent to have this thing work. I think they're bringing, they've already hired legitimate GMs and coaches. And now with this AAF failing, Vince uh, and XFL will have a lot more opportunity to get some of the better players that now because there's no, there's no AAF. So not only do you have a shot at getting guys that that got caught or left the practice squad for NFL teams, but you're getting AAF guys too. Uh, and not only that, you know, look, the the the, the guy who was the, the guy who was the Carolina Hurricanes was the guy who put the, all the money behind the AAF. And what happened was, you know, he he lost seventy million dollars like in a quick span. He was dropping ten million dollars a week, and he got to the point where he's like, you know what, I'm done. Like he, he was just trying to make money. Vince is not. Vince wants to make money, but Vince wants to prove that he could succeed in football. And Vince, uh, it's, it's it's he's prepared f- from my research. To 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 spend uh, up north of five hundred million dollars, which is a half a billion dollars for those that are not that are counting, over three years to have this thing grow. So he's you know and he, he, Vince knows it's not going to happen overnight. Vince is going to try to give quality football. It's not going to be an extension of WWE. I like the chances of the XFL, the new XFL in twenty twenty. I think it's going to be really really good, and I think it's going to work. I really do. I hope it does. And, and I think it's going to – I'm sad that the AAF went down. It sucks. A lot of people lost jobs, and that sucks when it happens, you know, and, and I enjoyed it. I don't want to sit here and say I loved it, but I did enjoy it. I mean, it was cool. I watched a lot of the games over the weeks, uh, the first probably four weeks of AAF, AAF. The ratings started to peter down earlier. Their ratings were real good. A lot of it was intrigue, obviously, but, you know. So, uh, all right, Matt White, have you listened to the last week tonight with John Oliver, John Oliver report on the WWE and what's your opinion on the report? All right, Matt, well, that's obviously been a super hot topic uh, definitely early in the week. I, I did. I actually did. Uh, the, the next day I saw it. Um, that guy, John Oliver, is a talented guy, comedian, a funny guy. His delivery is great. I mean, he's super talented, obviously. So, uh, yeah, man, you know. Look at, I mean, there's a lot to unpack with that, you know, that 20 minute bid he did or 25 minutes, wherever it was. I thought it was odd. Okay. I, I agreed with a lot of the stuff he was saying, and some of the footage they used was very old. Like they had footage of Bret Hart talking about, you know, uh, how the WWE or, you know, doesn't care about wrestlers and treat, I'm paraphrasing, treating wrestlers like cattle. But the footage they had of Bret Hart looked like it was from like 1993. Like it was, oh, I'm exaggerating, not 1993, like later than that. It looked very old, and they had some newer footage of other guys. Like it looked like it was a mishmash of different eras of footage, and he really didn't set that up right. I mean, I'm talking about the package and the message that they put out. Uh, the long and short of it was is, is that WWE wrestlers are, are not treated right and, and, 
and all it's a lot of stuff that you know a lot of i've said it forever there's no off season you, you know men and women are working all year round and and that's how that's just that's been the, the the business for decades and decades that's not a new thing it's not seasonal like mainstream sports um the benefits thing health benefits okay listen he he mentioned it like they're independent contractors like that 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 like oh my god like dude this is we've been independent contractors for forever <laughs> it's like all of a sudden this guy had an epiphany i felt like a lot of the stuff john oliver said was on point i felt like to be honest with you that he either has a writer on his staff that has like a hard on towards wwe uh, or maybe he does Because I felt like it was uh, You know It felt, that's how it felt It felt like someone was helping him I, it, it, He is a wrestling fan, he admits it John Alvin is a wrestling fan, you could tell He knows some of his stuff But I feel like someone had an agenda To really go right after Vince And look at the timing of it guys The week of Wrestlemania I mean that that's the time And even WWE put out a statement Saying that, you know, some of the stuff he's saying is way off And we invite him to come to Wrestlemania to learn about our company And again, paraphrasing So, um, look, at, I could just tell you this My time, and I worked for Vince for just about a decade And worked closely with him, you know, as a, as a broadcaster Much closer with him than when I was a wrestler um, I, I'm, I'm just here to tell you, like, and I've said it before and I'll say it again I, I've been injured there more than once And, and I was treated great <laughs> yeah, in your contract, you get hurt. It's kind of on you. Your health benefits are on you. But I, I had health benefits. I paid my own health benefits, just like all the other wrestlers there. That was just that's just part of the thing, you know. You're paying your own health benefits. Um, but anytime I was injured, I was taken care of. I was brought to the best doctors and had ex- access to the the best doctors that I wanted to go to. That they wanted me to go to. And if I didn't like, I remember when I tore my bicep, they were fixing to send me to Birmingham, Alabama, to go to Dr. James Andrews, the great orthopedic surgeon, with deals with athletes to fix my bicep. And I'm like, I'd rather not have to go down there. I'd rather go somewhere in New York. And they found me uh, a surgeon, uh, Dr. Dines, who at the time for a lot of years was the Yank- New York Yankees uh, uh, doctor. So pretty legit. I didn't end up having a surgery, but I did go to him, and then instead I uh, I went and I rehabbed it. I never had the surgery because the surgery I beat out like a lot longer. Now I should have went for the surgery, but whatever. I was trying to get back in the ring. It's a long story, but um, so my point is that I was always taken care of, and not just me. I mean, everybody. I you know I I've got hurt. I've been at a WrestleMania getting a concussion. I've talked about a horrible concussion at the Astrodome, you know, in Houston. It was the worst concussion I've ever. I've been vomiting all over the place in the trainer's room, and they. This was during WrestleMania, and I was not a top guy. You know, um, they treated me like gold. The next day, wouldn't let let me wrestle on Raw. Um, nothing, and this was before the whole concussion protocol and concussions and all the shit. So, I, I cannot say anything like that. I mean, I, I always was taken care of. I and, and a lot of the guys I was around too. No one ever complained about that stuff. The independent contractor thing that you're an independent contractor, but you can't work for no one else. I listen. Yeah, that's a little fugazi. I get it. You know, I knew it then. Uh, we, we all knew it. Um, but the thing is, that's just the way it goes. You 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 want to work for WWE. You want to work for the best company in the world. You want to make the most money. You want to be on top. You want to be. You know, th- th- that's just the way it goes. You you didn't care about not being able to work, not being allowed to work for nobody else. You know, you, you're you're an independent contractor. You're making a lot of money. You 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 get incorporated, so you you have write-offs. You know, so your taxes you don't get smashed, and you're you're buying things that for your travel that you're using for legitimate uh, travel reasons because you're you own a business. Your business is your body, right? That's your business, and you're 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 an independent contractor, and so you know you're 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 not. It's not like you're an employee. You're not getting the same benefits as that. You're not getting, you know, taxes taken out. You got to pay your taxes. You got to, you know, yeah, yeah. I had to have an account. My account I had to work his ass off. But that's part of the game. You got to work his ass off to make sure that I'm making the right payments to the government. I always did. I, I'm, you know, like a, a lot of you people, my wife and I are the same way. We're diligent on making sure our taxes are right. Like we're really like anal, like crazy with it. You know, we just never. And, during that time, it, it, it was cut and dry. You know, it was like you were an independent contractor, so that's how you handled it. You know, um, 
you just and you had to have your own health benefits in case you were sick or your family got sick or dental or eyeglasses or whatever of your know, vision. Uh, that's expensive. That's definitely expensive. You know, um, when I became a broadcaster, then uh, one of the things I, I wanted to be an employee so I could it would be a different type of financial setup for me. I wasn't making as much money as a wrestler. So, uh, but most of, I don't know how it is now, but when I was there, like the, the, you know, most of the announcers were employees. So I was, you know, and then it was a little bit of a different setup, you know, cause I was an employee, um, totally different deal, you know? So I, I don't know, man, like a, a lot of the stuff he said, I mean, I, 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 you know, I agree with, um, uh, a lot of it, but a lot of it was a little bit, you know, <laughs> listen, no one is, no one's breaking your arm to go work for WWE, okay? No one's doing that. They're not begging anybody to go work for them. They never were like that. Vince got too much pride, dude. That's how he is. It's not going to happen. So it's his company. That's how he's set up to run. If you choose to work for, for his company, then that's that's your choosing. That's not Vince's fault. That's, that's up to you. If it's the bad move and it's a bad business move, then shame on you. I mean, I have zero regrets. Regrets. You know, really, I know for a lot of you guys, you're pissed about the way I was underutilized as a wrestler. Yeah, I, I don't have regrets. At least everyone had a fucking business, you know, a year and a half after I left there, whatever the hell it was. I did the right thing and had a feeling that was going to happen because I was getting made an offer that I felt like Paul couldn't pay me. And I was right. He wouldn't be able to pay me. It, it wasn't Paul's fault. I'm not blaming the fucking guy, you know, but he meant well, you know, but I don't know. I I know I did the right thing for my family, <laughs> and then to segue into the broadcasting career. So I can't sit here and say nothing bad. They, they, jeez. I, I mean, yeah. I don't need to be a former WWE champion uh, to say, wow, I was used right. No, no, I was used right there. I can't sit here and say nothing bad about them. They turned me into the broadcaster. That that was a huge thing for me. I wouldn't have the career I have now in radio and podcasting if it wasn't for them doing that with me and give me that chance. Me working hard at it and them giving me the resources to get better at it. So nah, I, I'm sorry. That's just, you know, so the John Oliver thing, you know, I you know, it's it's definitely I mean, I, I think that it's really I think it's good that it happened though. I'm not saying that it's bad that it happened. I think it's good that it happened only because I feel like mainstream media jumped all over it and it's good for wrestling and it's good for wrestlers. And it's good for the public to realize how tough of a career this is, even working for the number one company in the world. You know, um, you know, I, I don't agree with him saying, you know, the character Vince McMahon uh, is an asshole, but it's important to know that the real Vince McMahon is an asshole also. That's not true. That's bullshit. Okay, that's him being a comedian and an entertainer. I don't know. He might fucking believe that, and that's cool. Uh, I'm just telling you, Vince McMahon is not an asshole. <laughs> the real Vince McMahon is not an asshole. I promise. And I don't. I'm. I'm probably never going to work for WWE the rest of my life. And I don't need to work for WWE anymore in my life. And I have nothing against WWE. I, but I have no dog in the fight. But I'm just letting you know, I got skin in that WWE game for a lot of years, and working close to Vince. And I just, I'm just here to tell you, he is not an asshole. He's not. Uh, that I'm telling you, he's not. So. All these other guys that maybe work for WWE, they could turn around and say, oh, it's true, he's an asshole. They could bury him all they want. And maybe they, their experience, maybe Vince was an asshole to them. He was not an asshole to me. He always treated me great. Always. So, um, you know, WWE, uh, I felt like their statement was pretty interesting. I thought it was interesting they reacted to it. I felt like they had to because it was so mainstream. And basically what they said, for those that missed it, John Oliver is clearly a clever and humorous entertainer. However, the subject matter covered in this WWE segment is no laughing matter. The organization said in a statement, meaning WWE, basically that prior to airing, WWE responded to Oliver's producers and uh, refuting every point in his one-sided presentation. So, and basically saying that Oliver basically ignored the facts. Um, and then WWE went on to say the health and wellness of all our performance is the single most important aspect of our business. Uh, and we have a comprehensive, long-standing talent wellness program. And we invite John Oliver to attend WrestleMania this Sunday to learn more about our company. Uh, look, guys, I, I got to tell you, uh, Vince McMahon has helped a lot of guys that were at a WWE that had substance abuse issues and 
Vince paid for it and took care of a lot of guys that no one that you don't hear Vince talk about. I'm just letting you know, like in stuff that the company's done and Vince, um, what what organizations, uh, you know, for for from any kind of research for for medicine for for cancer and for um, uh, make a wish and and this was before it, it became kind of like where a lot of people knew about it like. Vince has been doing this for a long time, dude. And I don't I don't have to sing Vince's praises. I mean, you know, I mean, his company barely acknowledges my existence. You know, I everybody thought I was going into Hall of Fame and I didn't get put in the fucking Hall of Fame. Okay, fine. Am I bitter? Do I sound bitter? No. You guys are more bitter than me, and I appreciate that. Do I think uh my career is Hall of Fame worthy? My in-ring career from ECW? Fuck yeah. Do I think me as an in-ring wrestler at WWE? Fuck no. Do I think me as a broadcast from WWE? Fuck yeah. So that, two out of three ain't bad. Those two things, being in my hometown of Brooklyn, ding, I should have been in the Hall of Fame. I'm not. I'm not bitter. My point in bringing up the Hall of Fame during this talk about John Oliver, Vince McMahon, I'm sitting here putting over Vince, putting over his company. I can bury him. I got reason. Like I said, they don't even acknowledge me. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I, I can't sit here and say Vince McMahon is an asshole because he's not. He's not. He's not an asshole. Not at all. He's a good guy, real good guy, and uh, you know he's tough. He's tough as fuck to work for. And that's not even when I say tough. He's tough to work for. Um, but his his heart's in the right spot. I'm telling you right now. Um, I've witnessed uh, without getting into detail. I could tell you the man's got a really good heart. So to hear him be called an asshole like that from a guy who don't even fucking know him. Who's never been in the business I'm like eh. You know So I'm not going to sit here and bury it I'm not uh, I bury, bury WWE I'm just not going to do it So just because I don't I don't agree uh, Some of the things he said I was uh, was okay with me And on point But um, Yeah I made my point Alright well look Another edition of Taz Showing the books Normally you would hear Bazanji take you out You're not Now you're going to hear this and I hope you enjoyed that. And I hope that you enjoyed this dry edition of a Taz Hall. Um, make sure you watch this special. Well, you're not going to watch it. You're going to listen to it. You know where to find it. Sunday night, 11 p.m. Eastern. Fucking phone lines will be jammed. Call up. Don't act like an asshole. Okay? Be nice. Don't call up fucking shit face drunk and act like a douche. Okay? So uh, on that note, I uh, love everyone in this world. You know that. And I will uh, talk to you guys Sunday night, 11 p.m. Eastern. Taz show uh, gimmick, as you guys know. Okay? Special will happen. Enjoy WrestleMania. Enjoy NXT TakeOver. Enjoy everything. I'm Taz. You're not. Adios.